Insight on Business, the News Hour, is made possible through the support of Focus and Find, helping you turn human resources into a profit zone rather than an expense. Focusandfind.com. Welcome back to Insight on Business. Grateful that you're with us and listening from wherever on the planet you happen to be. With me is a friend and an author, and his name is Mike Triggs, as he got a story, and he has just released a book, You Can't Make This Scheiss Up. For those of you who are Yiddish speakers, you know exactly what I just said. Uh, Mike Triggs, welcome to the Business News Hour. Grateful you're here, sir. I'm glad to be here, Michael. Uh, You have such a fascinating history. I mean, your life has been amazing in so many ways, and you've documented some of this in your book. First, let's talk about you. Who, who is Mike Triggs, and what have you been doing with your life? Well, um, Michael, I'm uh, originally from uh, northwest Iowa, a little town called Lorenz, and uh, I uh, got involved in politics at a very early age and uh, was involved in the Republican Party. I uh, was very active uh, in Pocahontas County. In fact, uh, at age 18, I was elected uh, to be the Pocahontas County Republican chairman. I hmm. uh, was the youngest uh, uh, party chairman in either party in the United States. And it wow. uh, was, was quite, a, uh, quite an accomplishment. And I uh, ran for the legislature when I lived in, uh, in Lorenz. Really? And, uh, um, what I think years I, would this have been? That Mike? would have been, uh, I ran for the legislature in 1976. Uh, uh, so. All right. Mm-hmm. And so you're very heavily involved, not just in Iowa, Republican politics, but also in other states. Yes. um, After working for the Republicans in the Iowa legislature, I went on to uh, work for the Wisconsin State Senate and then uh, took a job with George Bush uh, Sr. in the Bush administration. Had a couple of political appointments there and then went uh, to Minnesota to um, be the executive director of the Minnesota Republican Party. Wow. I uh, start my book, actually, as uh, the campaign manager for a governor, and uh, I was uh, managing a governor's campaign uh, there in in Minnesota, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, uh, a list started to uh, circulate. And the press came to the uh, to me with this list and said, uh, what do you think of it? And I said, well, I haven't seen it. And they showed me the list, and it was 25 gays and lesbians that uh, were close to the governor. And uh, my name was number one on the list. Oh, my. And that came as kind of a shock to me because I'd never acted on my sexuality. And uh, so when I called this uh, opponent of the governor uh, up and, uh, and confronted him about the list, uh, he said, um, uh, I said, you better have some very good proof or you're going to uh, show up in court if this ever ends up in press. And uh, he says to me, well, um, uh, everyone knows you're a snappy dresser. Right. I, I was so, uh, that part of your book, when I read it, um, it was like equating well-dressed individuals with being gay or a lesbian. Uh, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's just... Uh, it's ridiculous. It, it blew me away. He said, you always have your hair shine, your shoes shined, and your, uh, I know that you... Uh, somebody's told me that you go for... Pay $50 for your haircuts and always wear bow ties. And, uh, and 
I said, well, if that's your proof, um, I guess I'm guilty on all, all counts. And then he said, well, one other thing. He said, I've heard that you do needlepoint. Oh. And... Of course, I had to point out that Rosie Greer also did needlepoint, and I don't think anyone would ever uh, say that uh, that Rosie Greer was uh, was a, uh, a gay NFL football player. Right, right. Interesting side story. Yes. My uncle did needlepoint. Oh. And I have several of his uh, from decades, decades ago. Mike Triggs is our guest, ladies and gentlemen, giving you a little bit of backstory on his book, You Can't Make This Shice Up. Um, all right, let's let's get into what is the book about it, and let's kind of deconstruct how it's put together that makes it such a, and one of your liner notes says it's a laugh-out-loud book, and it is. It, it truly is. It, it really is, Michael, and everybody that has read the book has, has uh, said that, and um, what what happens in the book is uh, this list is passed around uh, um, Republican and Democratic circles, and the governor comes to me and says, uh, we need you to um, uh, fall on your sword. We think you've become a distraction uh, to the campaign, and you need to leave. And uh, so um, they put out a, a press release saying the reason I'm leaving uh, the campaign was for health reasons. Oh, boy. And and put those two things together? And, of course, obviously, uh, people assume that I have AIDS. And I had been active in the Republican Party for years, and I go for other, uh, apply for other jobs in the party. And uh, I'm, I, it's as if I've been blackballed, mm-hmm. and no one wants to uh, hire a, a gay man uh, that has, has AIDS. And so I start looking for work, and the only job that I can find is uh, going to work for a department store, Nordstrom, at the Mall of America. And uh, so that's where the book starts. And uh, I take it from there, and it wasn't at the department store long before I realized that um, uh, there was a story to tell. And I I would just see the most amazing things happening every day with customers, coworkers, and uh, I would go home at night uh, thinking, gosh, I should write a book. And (laughs) this is years ago. Yeah, years ago. It was back in the 1990s. And uh, what I would do is I would write on uh, business cards uh, or uh, uh, index card uh, notes about those things that were happening, and I would throw them in a uh, bottom dresser drawer uh, with the thought that one day I would uh, put together a book. And uh, so for almost 30 years, I've been to, uh, of, of uh, making notes. Along comes the, uh, the COVID, and I was furloughed from my job at, uh, at Von Mauer. And I, uh, all of a sudden, I had time on my hands, and I decided that I needed to spend it um, uh, productively. And so I, uh, for every, every day, for three months, I wrote for three hours a day, uh, just religiously. And I started constructing this story, and it uh, took place. I have it taking place at a department store in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Of all places. Of all places. (laughs) And uh, what I did is I mashed up the name of uh, 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 and and made the department store uh, called Von Ustrom, the Von from Von Mauer and the. Ustrom. Uh, Strum from uh, Nordstrom, and uh, it's it's quite a tale. It's really oh, funny. It, it is, and 
For full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, Mike does not identify individuals. I mean, these are true stories. Things that happen to you, yes? Oh, in absolutely. The retail Most of them, I, I like to say that everything in the book is true, although some stories are more true than others. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some room for embellishment along the way. Mike Triggs, ladies and gentlemen, is our guest. The book is called You Can't Make This Shice Up. Um, I, I don't know exactly. One of the things about deconstructing the book is the chapters that you write, with the exception of the next to the last chapter, are very short. Oh, absolutely. It, um, uh, it's, most chapters are a page or two or um, three at the most. And uh, it's written as if it was a journal at, that I was writing at the end of my shift. And so uh, it would start out like Friday, 8 o'clock to, right. uh, um, to 5 shift. And you would name each one of these chapters a different thing. So what, what really makes it wonderful for any reader is that you can pick this book up, read a couple of pages, a couple of chapters, get a chuckle or two, learn the inside of retail. Right. And, and put it down and then pick it up a day or two later. It, it, it really is uh, uh, an easy book to read. And I found in talking to people about the book, people um, across that come through the store or I meet on the street, they say, oh, I've, I've always wanted to write a book. And I think that everyone probably has a book that they could write. Um, I've had undertakers and nurses and teachers and, and everybody has a story to tell. And I think that um, sometimes uh, uh, we just have to have the... Um, the time and the, uh, put the effort into do, doing uh, that. Well, with and I've said this to many of my guests over the past two years, it seems like, that the pandemic had a silver lining for some of us who utilized that time to expand whatever business or idea that we had because so much of the world was shut down. Absolutely. As you put this book together, over 30 years of experience... Uh, did you focus on the story that's in the, one of the closing chapters about the woman that comes in looking for a brassiere? <laughs> and and you, she ends up in the men's department where you're at. Right. And she is well endowed, and you have to call the intimate section of the store... And that manager answers the phone. And what did you say? Oh, uh, I, I asked her about uh, cup sizes. And uh, she thought that I was um, pranking her. And so she hangs up on me. And, yeah. uh, and I, I can't remember whether the, the woman had a, a triple uh, H or... I'll tell you what, what it was. What it, the largest size at that store was a 44 double D. Oh, okay. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, that's right. And... and, uh, and and she said, oh, my goodness, that won't work. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing about the book is I always come up with some really interesting names for the characters. Yes. And that character, the, um, the buxom woman that comes in, um, I, um, she told me that her name was Ginormous Tits. <laughs> um, um, and, T-I-T-Z, I think right, it was. Right, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Ginorma <laughs> Tits. Tits. Uh, so it was just kind of a fun uh and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, look, I, I, I've, I, I've known Mike as a professional, 
at the store of Von Mauer for years, and uh, he worked in the men's furnishings, still does work in men's furnishings at Von Mauer. And, uh, and if you have ever been or seen a Von Mauer store or, or Nordstrom's, you know, top of the line, top of the line. And we were talking earlier off mic about suggestions to people who think buying inexpensive things is the way to go. So what do you tell folks? When well, they- I always tell people that we might pay a little bit more at a store like Nordstrom or uh, a Von Mauer than you would at a TJ Maxx or um, um, Kohl's or Target. But um, those items will last Mm. so much longer. And I have shoes uh, that are from the 1970s that I have, uh, Alan Edmund shoes, that were made in the United States. And uh, I uh, periodically will send those shoes into uh, the shoe um, recrafting recrafting place in... Uh, just south of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and uh, we'll have those shoes re-lined uh, uh, and uh, refurbished, and they look like a brand new shoe. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, it may have costed a little bit more to begin with, but uh, you have something that really lasts. Yeah, and they are excellent shoes, and I have four or five pair myself, so yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, as we go through the book, and you've identified all of these characters... Which character really stands out in your mind as an individual that had an impact on you? Well, probably the character that has the most impact uh, was a character named Kent, who I actually worked with at the store in, uh, in, at um, Nordstrom at the Mall of America. And Kent was a gay man. He was about 10 years younger than I was. But I really look at him as my mentor, uh, retail mentor and gay mentor, because I was just had been outed of uh, coming out of politics, but I still wasn't quite... Uh, willing to uh, admit that I was was gay, mm. and uh, he was able to uh, help me uh, through that process to realize that uh, I had to learn to um, uh, before I could uh, ever have a relationship with anyone else. I had to learn to uh, love the man that I saw yes. in the mirror every morning. And that man that you saw in the mirror every morning uh, continues to be a well-dressed, polished individual. I just saw you the other day. And I just saw you the other day, and you were a replacent in, I think it was a purple uh, tie and matching shirts. and. Um, yeah, I had a purple, actually a, a kind of a <laughs> lavender blazer on. And the interesting thing about that lavender blazer is I had this lady come up to me and she said, you know, you really shouldn't wear that before Easter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, ma'am, I'm 69 years old. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and a lot of the old rules when it comes to dressing have changed over the years. Yes. And uh, things that we thought were inappropriate at one point uh, aren't that isn't the case any longer. What do you, as long-time professional in men's furnishings, there was a movement, and I know you know about this because everything has changed with regard to what a place like Nordstrom's or Von Mauer carries in many times in their uh, men's department, is this idea of, uh, and the pandemic exacerbated this, of casual Fridays. And now it's become casual Monday through Friday or Sunday through 
Saturday. Right, absolutely. And in fact, you'll go to weddings and funerals and uh, you'll see people in jeans. And uh, we've had to kind of rethink things when it comes to uh, men's and and women's apparel. And uh, what I like to do is to put people in things that they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in. And uh, you'll find jeans that uh, are are not the old denim Levi's, that uh, they have some stretch to them, have some uh, uh, texture and and, and things that that make them very wearable and uh, and comfortable. I you, I just need to say this because I think it's true. I, I was in a position in corporate America, if you will, where I wore a suit every single day, and the shoes had to be polished and everything had to be looking good. And there's a certain and people may scoff at this. There's a certain appearance or feel that you get when you're better dressed than what it is if you're wearing sweatpants. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I certainly feel that way. And uh, today, as we're talking, I'm wearing a flannel shirt, which is kind of unusual for me. I thought I, about um, that. Yeah, I, I thought, gosh, should I come and dressed in a bow tie? And uh, But uh, I, it, uh, it's my day off. And uh, I thought that oh. I uh, would just come in jeans and casual uh, be casually dressed since we're sit meeting in a coffee shop. Yeah, it, it, we are at Grounds for Celebration, ladies and gentlemen, in Windsor Heights. Uh, just a wonderful place. I do a lot of my interviews here just because I like the ambiance, you know, and the back talk. The, the, the noise that you get makes it sound so very real. My guest is Mike Triggs, ladies and gentlemen. His book is called You Can't Make This Shice up. Where can you get this book? Well, um, actually, you can get the book on Amazon. You can buy it uh, on uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, uh, both of their websites. The local um, uh, Barnes & Noble uh, has it at... Uh, 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 Jordan Creek, and uh, then they also have it at the Beaverdale Books in Beaverdale. Got to go to Beaverdale Books. Uh, Beaverdale Books is, if you haven't been there, is just one of the greatest bookstores, and and the staff that works there are so helpful and uh, uh, suggestive, and they have a complete section of books by Iowa authors, and uh, it's it's uh, just amazing uh, the work that uh, that Iowans have uh, put into writing books. Yes, and what is really interesting about small bookstores not the corporate ones but small bookstores they are dotted all over the country absolutely uh, there's several i think in iowa city and cedar rapids and uh, we were we were at some in uh, uh, memphis not long ago and they're just all over the place and and i would heartily uh, hope that people do continue to support they're small businesses. And I will say, Michael, that I do have a book reading that's coming up at Beaverdale Books, and it's going to be at 6.30 on uh, Monday, the 13th of March. And I would certainly encourage anyone that would like to come to the, uh, my book reading. They uh, will have the opportunity to ask questions and uh, have a book signed uh, nice. uh, if they would like to. And I would encourage anyone to come. The book, once again, ladies and gentlemen, is called You Can't Make This Shice Up. It is by Mike Triggs, and uh, you have uh, done something with the word shice, again to my Yiddish-speaking friends, that it doesn't say that on the 
book cover. What is no, this? No, what it, what it does is I've used uh, a dollar sign hashtag explanation point plus, which is a grolix, which is a, a phrase that means uh, an offensive or obscene word that's often used in cartooning. And uh, so I did that on the cover, and it, uh, it just makes it kind of a fun little look. Uh, the book cover, uh, I used a Tiffany blue, and uh, it has a bow tie on <laughs> it, because it of course it would have to have a bow tie if it was so associated why, with me. Why in the world wouldn't it? Mike Triggs, thank you so much for spending so much time. We will have links, ladies and gentlemen all over the place that you can find Mike's uh, latest accomplishment. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful read. I've certainly enjoyed it and uh, look forward to seeing more of you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. That, once again, is the voice of Mike Triggs, author of a great new book. And yes, we will have links on the radio blog. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thanks so very much for listening. For all of us that Put this together each and every day. Chap Ramsey is our production coordinator. Aaron Libby, in charge of sales and marketing. Our own Hunter Pease. Yeah, she is the voice of the Business News Hour. And the music you're listening to right now is arranged, composed, and conducted by our friend James Goodlett of Jam Good Productions. For all those folks and for Mike Triggs, my name's Michael Libby. Have yourself a great day. Be safe. Be well. Be careful. Most of all, be good to your fellow man. Take care.